Welcome to the Leadership Network Podcast. Leadership Network is a community of multipliers who gather to collaborate, innovate, and pursue what God has next for His church. Our mission is to champion healthy growth that is capable of reproducing. Thank you for joining this conversation, and here's today's episode. And welcome back to the Leadership Network podcast. We are so glad to have you back for another conversation in our Generation Next series. My name is Hannah Gronowski Barnett, and I am one of the directors of the Generation Next initiative here at Leadership Network. And I'm here with my co host, Aaron Barnett, and he is also one of the Generation Next directors. So, Aaron, want to jump in and, and say hello as well? Hello, hello. So excited for this conversation with Faye Schiller. Uh, Going to be talking all things Next Generation and the church. We're super excited for this convo. Yes. Our guest today is Faith Schiller, as Erin just teased out. And she is an online campus pastor at Willow Creek Community Church here in Chicagoland. She is also a speaker and an incredible voice on how the church can really better engage the next generation. She's also the team lead at Willow Creek Community Church in their growing young initiative, really helping her own local church understand better how to see the next generation come back to church and be sent out on mission. And so Faith, we are so glad to have you a part of this conversation. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here. I'm obviously very passionate about the intersection of the church and the next generation. So I'm looking forward to this conversation. This is a conversation Obviously, we all three care about a lot. And for those listening, Faith and I and Aaron, we actually get to do a lot of life together. This is something that we believe in really passionately. We get to work alongside of each other. We know each other really well. And so in many ways, this is an opportunity for those of you who are listening, who might be senior leaders wondering, what do next generation leaders talk about when they're together? And what are they seeing about even the generations coming after them? This is your opportunity to pull up a chair to the table and listen to what we talk about and to kind of get into our minds a little bit. The really cool thing about this conversation is, you know, Faith is also a young leader herself. And this is something that we believe in a lot at Leadership Network is that it's really important for different generations to learn from each other. And so as a 27-year-old leader, Faith is having so much influence in the church. She has stayed in the church. She has loved the church. And now she's making the local church a place where the next generation wants to be. And so I believe that's why this conversation is really important. We're going to be talking today specifically about this idea of making faith their own, helping the next generation to grow into an adult spirituality. And Aaron, I know you really are... You, you are passionate about this. You do a lot of work on this. Can you just maybe mention really quick why specifically the Generation Next community, senior leaders who are listening, should lean into this conversation specifically today? Yeah, I think um, a little bit of what Hannah touched on is we do get to do a lot of life together. And what's really exciting about that is we get to be in a lot of conversations with senior level leaders, uh, senior right. pastors, senior coaches even on what it looks like to reach the next generation. And here at Generation Next, we deeply care about resourcing practical 
tools and wisdom when it comes down to reaching a generation to engage in the local church. Uh, when I think of faith specifically, I think faith offers an edge to her that a lot of leaders uh, could benefit from, including myself and maybe senior pastors. Um, Faith does a lot of heavy lifting, not only on the research side, but she also does a lot of uh, just leading and coaching herself. And I love the position that she sits in at Willow Creek specifically. And uh, when it comes down to this conversation, uh, we would just like to address um, uh, a topic that Faith has been recently uh, diving into as a leader. And it's this idea, uh, concept of faithing. And so Faith, I would love to just pass it off to you real quick. Uh, What does faithing kind of mean? And could we just start the conversation there and would love to give our listeners some key insights of what you learned with The Next Generation? Yeah, totally. I always feel like I have to start this conversation by distinguishing like between me as faith the person and faith as in like belief in God. <laughs> um, that can be confusing. We're talking about faith in God, not me the person. That's um, but yeah, so this idea of faithing, it really comes out of some research that the Fuller Youth Institute has been doing for years. So everything I'm about to say um, is totally uh information that I have learned through my time, both studying um, at Fuller Theological Seminary, but then also in work um, with Growing Young and with um, FYI, that's really, really awesome research that they're doing. Um, But this idea of faithing comes from um, the idea that sometimes when we talk about faith with um, with the next generation specifically, um, in order for us to be able to communicate that it's concrete to them, we tend to put it into like language and vocabulary that makes us feel like it's a almost like a noun, right? Like faith is something that you can have or you cannot wow. have, or you can lose your faith, or um, you know things like that, and so. It becomes a really uh, a binary concept for young people um, that faith is either something they have or they don't. And if they're struggling with their faith, then they've lost their faith or they're losing their um, faith. And that's a bad wow. thing. But what that does is that once um, a, you know a kid grows up a little bit and they're moving from the con the really concrete phase of their psychological development into a more um, uh, a phase where they can entertain more nuance in their understanding. If they don't have a, a parallel understanding of what faith looks like, then it actually becomes a really something really hard for them to wrestle with when they start to have questions about wow. what their faith is. And so the concept of faith thing, specifically when we talk to middle schoolers, uh, high schoolers, and young adults is really important because it creates a lot of room in their understanding of what following Jesus looks like, that it is something flexible, that it's it's more like a verb, like it grows, it stretches, um, it could shrink, you know, and that's okay. That doesn't mean that you've lost it or that you don't love Jesus anymore. It just means that your faith is shifting as you are continuing to grow and develop as a person. And it creates a lot more room as young people head into more um, abstract stages of development to be able to think about and wrestle with their faith without worrying or carrying a sense of like shame or guilt that they're questioning their faith or they could be losing it. That is a really interesting concept. And one I don't hear talked about a lot. I hear a lot of conversation, of course, about the word that I think we all kind of dread hearing now, and that's deconstruction. Mm -hmm. We we hear that word. It's thrown around a lot. It's very 
poorly and rarely defined. And it has come to just lump in so many different experiences from the young person who was deeply hurt at a local church and has walked away from the church, but not walked away from Jesus, Mm -hmm. or the young person who has completely changed what they think about Jesus and the church and chosen a different lifestyle, to the person who chooses a new religion, to the person that um, just has a few questions and doubts, but are still faithfully following Jesus and going Mm -hmm. to church. I mean, it's come to describe so many different things that in some ways, I think it does almost scare the next generation into thinking, if you have any doubts at all, now you're deconstructing and now you're on this downward spiral and you might as well just give up and you might as well leave church because Mm -hmm. everyone else is doing it right. And so I'm wondering how, if if a leader is listening to this and let's say they run a church or they're on the executive team of a church, or maybe even they're a youth pastor or they're wanting to plant a church and they're trying Mm -hmm. to figure out how do I create a church where faith thing can be a thing, right? Where where the young people in my church have space to be growing and developing their their faith, where they can move towards faith and away from faith, right? Where, where they can explore their faith without being just labeled as a deconstructor. How, how do yeah. we build churches like that? Yeah. Well, that's like the golden question, Hannah. If you can answer the question, I think you've like officially solved the problem. Um, <laughs> Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I think really it comes down to creating space in people's relationships with Jesus and holding space. Like for me as a pastor, I feel like one of my um, number one responsibilities when I'm pastoring people or having conversations with people is to hold space with them in what they're wrestling with Jesus currently yeah, through. That's great. Right? Like we, I think we... Um, we would like to think that the people within our congregations, the people that we're mentoring, the people that we're pastoring are like on this really well-defined pathway, right? And they're making right. all the right decisions and they're moving closer to Jesus and it's beautiful. And like in heaven, sure, that's what it will look like, but we're here and and everyone is always wrestling through something. Right. Um, so, and that's why uh, I think even though we're afraid of this term deconstruction because it has caused so many people to leave the church, I think all of us are deconstructing something all the time and right. honestly should be. If we're okay. at a point in our spirituality where we have no questions, um, you're not learning anymore. You're not growing. Yeah. I don't actually think that God is doing something in you if you're not questioning something around you or inside of you. Right. And so that's really, in my opinion, like a boiled down understanding of what deconstruction is, right? It's just yes. wrestling through something. And um, deconstruction is is bad if we're not doing any type of reconstruction, but the only way we can do reconstruction is that if we have space to be able to ask the questions to discover how we want to rebuild something, an understanding, a belief, a practice. Um, And so as a pastor, I feel like it is my one of my responsibilities is to hold that space. And as a young person is asking questions, is uh, poking holes in things that they thought they believed or they were brought up to believe. It's, it's holding that space and then asking questions that help them to be able to rebuild it, whatever that is, a belief, again, a practice, um, in a way that can be congruent with what they understand about the world now. And right. also encouraging them that like just because you arrive at an answer now doesn't mean that you can't reevaluate this again in the future. Yeah. Um, no, again, yeah. I, think, I think we get really afraid of like, okay, everyone's, you know, questioning thing or, or, or taking things apart. And, um, 
we have to trust that the Holy Spirit is with us in that process and that the Holy Spirit is going to be the one guiding the reconstruction and helping us be able mm-hmm. to live out mm-hmm. our faith in the best way that we can. Again, it's like the, the idea of faithing is that it's, it's, um, it's flexible and it grows with you as a person. Um, Mm -hmm. And that faithfulness for somebody could look different um, in a season of life than it will in the next season of life. Or Hannah, faithfulness for you is going to look different than faithfulness for me, right? Um, Like we have these, we have these core components in our faith that will not change, but the expression of them can look different depending on who Mm -hmm. we are, where we are, what we're doing, all of that. Um, And so we have to get a lot better at holding space for each other to, to do that well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what what's fascinating about that faith, uh, and I think you're really onto something here, is we as leaders, even senior pastors, we've uh um we've actually got into a place of building the local church to be a place and a space to unpack, right? And a lot of us, I would say, as young people, we grew up in different churches that had small groups Mm -hmm. and we would unpack different messages or different ideologies or different uh, topics of conversation that would actually apply to our life. And so I think it is really fascinating now as we, uh, you know, uh, see the timeline kind of shift into where we are today. You know, it is uh, from a theory standpoint, it is interesting to see or feel or maybe think through the next generation viewing the church as a space that, hey, if we could have uh, a safe place or a space for uh, leaders to actually um, unpack, dive into deep rooted, uh, things that might be really important to their lives. I think it's, uh, definitely something that we should pay attention to. Um, Faith, I would love to dive into this real quick. You, uh, wrote in this article, I would love to quote you. It says, as we seek to help young people grow into an adult spirituality, we will need to show them how to embrace the paradoxes of faith and life we need to hold a both and posture more than an either or posture and see the truth as messy and complex Mm -hmm. hallmark of the emerging adult years is coming to terms with the tension between how we believe life faith community spirituality and justice should be expressed in the world and how it actually is Faith, I think this is so good. I think you really um, one are a great writer, but two on on this this point this point of the paradoxes of faith and life. How important is that for young people? I know you are an emerging leader yourself, but mm-hmm. you're also leading um, an online ministry. But also, you've led young adults in your past. Like, mm-hmm. how important is it as senior level? Uh, maybe we have some senior pastors listening to this episode to really dive into like not just the paradox of faith and life, but the paradoxes with the young adult and what they're actually going into and how do we hold spaces for those things in our yeah, churches? Totally, totally. Um, yeah, I love this conversation. I think it's totally the right question to be asking. I think as adults, um, we have to remember that we have... Uh, developed over the years of being an adult and living in the world, an ability to hold duality, whether we know it or not, right? Like we've, we have enough life experience or we've lived through enough things that tell us like the world is not supposed to be that way. 
Um, and, and Jesus didn't intend for this to happen to me and it did. And so now what do I do? And so we, we have built a muscle to be able to like live in that gray area a little bit, um, better than, than young people do. And that's because of where young people are developmentally. So young people in, in middle school and high school, high school are in what we would call like a literal literalist phase of thinking about the world and about their faith. So everything again is very concrete to them. It's right or wrong. It's yes or no. It's black right. or white. Um, and they have like, you You ask a young person, you know, like, what is your life going to be like? And they have, they can tell you where they want to go to college and what they want to do right. when they're going to get married, all that type of stuff. And that's just because they they have a very literal perspective on what it, the world is around them. Um, but then once they get into kind of late high school, into the early emerging adulthood years, developmentally, they start to be able to see um, inconsistencies in the world around them between what people say and what people do or what we say we believe and how that actually uh, affects the world around us, right? So that turns them into what we call uh, like a critic negative viewpoint where they start to become critical of systems, of organizations. This is normally when we start seeing young people question their parents, question the church um, and start to poke those holes because they're seeing inconsistencies, right? Like, mom, you always said that reading your Bible is important um, and you don't do that. So that that creates some tension within them, right? Or we as a church have always said, like, fighting for uh, justice is important. And yet we have, you know, how many thousands of homeless people on our streets every single night? And like, we do nothing about it as a church, right? So they're very outward focused, uh, but they're noticing those inconsistencies for the first time. The trick with emerging adulthoods, and I think one of the biggest um, things that we as a church can do to help young adults is serve them in helping them transition from what we call the critic negative, which is that outward focus toward the critic positive, which is basically saying, hey, I see all these inconsistencies around me, these hypocrisies, but they need to turn that inward on themselves to be able to say, how do I also do these things? What are the things that I believe, yes. say I believe, but I don't actually believe or do? Right. Um, and they're starting to notice those things. And what, uh, throughout that process, again, like how we, we create space for that for young people, as they begin to understand that there's a huge difference between uh, the way that the world is supposed to be or the way that I feel like the world, I want the world to be, or I want my life to be, and what it actually is because of the effects of sin or the fall or however you want to call it in the world. And so what that creates in them is a ton of tension. And again, if back to that, this is why the faithing idea is important. Because if we say it has to be either you have faith or you don't have faith. And if you're questioning, then you're done. There's too much tension in them. And that's why they leave. Because they cannot handle that tension, that pressure to be able mm-hmm. to answer those mm-hmm. questions and hold their faith at the same time. So wow. space through faithing, it allows them to sit in that tension to entertain this idea of like, okay, the world was supposed to be this way. My life was supposed to be this way and it's not. So now what? And Mm -hmm. how do I continue to walk alongside of God in the midst of that? How do I continue to pursue Jesus in the midst of that um, and hold this tension? And so once young people can hold that tension, 
they move into uh, what we would begin to call like an adult spirituality um, of being able to see, uh, yes, there is truth, but it is it is not as black and white as I once thought it was. So there's way more nuance to the world or there's way more nuance to belief or even how people engage in the world around me. But then it doesn't create a crisis of faith. Instead, it just, they have room to be able to explore those things and also hold Jesus at the same time. Mm. Wow, that's so good. It was interesting. I, to affirm this thought, I was listening to a podcast by Gabe Lyons. Mm -hmm. And he actually went uh, into this specific concept of that we have to go from a global concept to a local concept. And we have to go from like a biotechnology mindset or technology <clears throat> in general that, <clears throat> excuse me, that has really like uh, encompassed our lives uh, in the recent and the now, even with the next generation and to move into what it, what does it mean to think critically and what does it mean to be a human and he talks about this concept of living parallel, that the church was actually designed to be a place to live parallel to, to humans, mm -hmm. um, like a place that creates economic, social, creative, educational, and spiritual values for people to attach themselves to, mm -hmm. uh, who want to uh, partake in like this alternative, beautiful, compelling culture. And sure. I think what you're actually getting at, Faith, is is also this topic that Gabe was kind of touching on in this podcast of how do we as the church uh, become an organization that lives more parallel uh, to the next generation to see them thrive in their community mm -hmm. and in the local church. And so, Faith, I just want to say thank you so much as a leader that's leading the next generation, that's entering into these spaces, that is trying to create a church that is creative, educational, thought-provoking, based on spiritual values, uh, so that the next generation can grow um, and mature to be like Jesus. And so we just want to say thank you as a leader to coming on. I'm going to pass it over to Hannah real quick. Absolutely. And one of the things, Faith, that I really appreciate about you is that you take your research so seriously. Mm -hmm. And although you are a young leader yourself and you work with young leaders, you don't just rely on your own experience or the experience of those around you. You look into the data, you read the content, you study this, the, the research. Mm -hmm. And a lot of senior leaders that I know and work with, they're really hungry to know of great resources. So I just wonder, Faith, if you would be able to recommend as we kind of close out this episode, what are a few great resources that maybe you've mentioned even mm -hmm. in this episode, or ones you haven't, that a, a senior leader could go and look up right now as they're, as they're listening to this and start to even learn more about how they can integrate some of these principles into the everyday life of their church. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, so definitely uh, anything from the Fuller Youth Institute is high on my yeah. list. They have a great resource called... Um, Growing Young, which is basically how does the church come alongside the next generation and create a space that young people want to be a part of into the future. Um, that is something that we are actually working on here at Willow that I have the opportunity to lead a team through. And um, it's, it's pretty transformational in the way in which we do ministry. Um, so that's an awesome resource. They also have another one called Growing With. Um, and that one is where the they talk a lot about this, this concept of faithing. 
really flesh that out. That's a little bit more applicable to parents and pastors. Um, And then um, a couple other ones is Barna has a really great study that they just released. uh, I believe it was last year, maybe even the beginning of this year called the open generation. And it talks about um, how young people are engaging with the church, with Jesus and and, uh, social justice around the world. Um, It's a, it's a research based, um, based on, I I, want to say like 25,000 young people from around the world. So it's a global perspective. So that's super helpful. Um, And then the other, um, if you're looking for more of an academic uh, study, would be to read um, what Jeffrey Arnett has written about emerging adulthood. Mm -hmm. He is kind of the premier researcher in the early 2000s who coined the phrase emerging adulthood and talks a lot about um, what that means, what is that distinct phase of life. Um, And then from there, a lot of other researchers have kind of taken it and adapted his um, concept of emerging adulthood into various uh, ideas. But that's a pretty foundational understanding, at least for me, of like, what is this stage of life between high school graduation and between being married and having kids and how do we serve people well in there? Um, and he has a lot of really, really great resources. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's great. And just a reminder to all of our listeners, if this podcast episode was helpful for you and you want an easy resource to send on to your colleagues or other senior leaders, you know, we have an article on the Leadership Network website in the Generation Next series that is also written by Faith on this very subject. So whether you prefer the podcast style or the article style, you can send this on to somebody in your life to encourage them in their work to engage the next generation. Faith, I'm so grateful for your voice. I'm so grateful for your leadership. Thank you for being a young leader who cares about the generation even coming after you and for the amazing ways that you partner with senior leaders to see them empowered to do the same. We're so grateful for you. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And for those of you listening, we will see you next time here on the Leadership Network podcast for Generation Next. See you soon. See you soon. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Leadership Network podcast and joining the conversation for what is next for the church and its leaders. We look forward to connecting with you as we bring our questions, contribute our wisdom, and pursue what is next. Visit leadnet.org for more resources, information about leader cohorts, and more. That is leadnet.org.